Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good as well. We're going to jump right in back to a worldview conversation that we began last week where we defined uh, what a worldview is. We talked about what shapes worldviews, and we encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, to go back and listen to that podcast to kind of help understand more about what we're going to talk about today. But, um, Pastor, let's just jump here for this uh, pod podcast, and as we continue to talk about worldviews, you um, wrote this in a, a recent uh, column, and you said, America is dangerously close to swallowing a combination of worldviews that undermine the entire framework upon which our nation was structured and built. Explain that further for us. Help us understand as we think about the magnitude of our worldviews. Well, first of all, uh, again, I would urge you to go back and listen to the first one before you listen to this one, because it'll set the table for you in terms of definitions of worldviews and and how significant they are in shaping uh, who we are. And uh, I, I've said in one of the columns, I don't know if it's the first one or the second one, but I said in one of the columns that, that a worldview happens when enough people buy into an idea and that idea begins to gain traction with enough people. They can change a nation. They can change the way a nation sees things. Um, and America is dangerously close uh, to uh, undermining the very foundation it was built upon, if it hasn't already. Uh, and and there are many who would say it it's already undermined, and I probably would tend to lean that way myself. But uh, because there's so, it, it's a, it's in danger of swallowing, swallowing. I said a combination of worldviews. Now, a combination of what humanism, relativism, pragmatism, materialism, naturalism, and most dangerous of all to me uh, in this age is postmodernism and uh, uh, and post Christianity. And America, and part of what you see going on, as I mentioned, cancel culture and all of these different things is really the byproduct of so many divergent world views. You know, it's, isn't it interesting? We constantly hear about uh, America uniting and being united and being one and everything, and there's a push, and there's especially been a push this year to we need to all be united and that sort of Oh No, I don't think anybody would argue with that. But the irony of that is the more we hear people screaming, let's all unite, uh, uh, the irony is that we see more segmented groups, this group here and this group here and this group here and this group here, which only reflects what I'm talking about. Instead of coming together, we're actually getting further apart because these worldviews are in conflict. And when the differing worldviews get in conflict, then everybody advocates for their particular uh, point of view as being the dominant point of view and expects all the other subgroups in the culture to accept that. And so we've actually we've actually produced the very thing we argue we don't want right. uh, with that. And so that's what I mean when America is dangerously close to swallowing combination of different worldviews that would undermine the very structure, that it was founded upon, which, by the way, 
Revisionist history uh, historians don't want to admit this, but America was founded on Judeo-Christian biblical moral ethics. I didn't just say everybody that founded this nation was a thoroughgoing, deeply devoted uh, believer. That's not what I said. But they all recognized that the foundation had to have a transcendent source, a source beyond just their minds. So somebody above your mind or my mind or their minds had to design the framework upon which the culture would be built upon, and so they knew that to be God. And see, if you have, by the way, if you have a transcendent authority that writes the rules, then that way your rules may be different than my personal rules, but we have to surrender to rules that transcend your mind and my mind. Otherwise, we just get in an argument about who's smarter. Right. And that's where America is, by the way, right now. We have abandoned that, that structure because of so many different competing worldviews. And as long as we're all getting along, nobody cares, right? Right. But sooner or later, those worldviews are going to clash. And when they do, you see moral chaos, you see social chaos. You see, these become the byproducts of competing worldviews. That's where, and, and if it, if it uh, continues, eventually the foundation uh, splinters, cracks, ruptures. In fact, the Bible even says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's, it's the picture of the two houses Jesus talked about. One is built on sand and one is built on rock. Right. Now, here's the deal. Both of them are well built. It's just the difference is the foundation. foundation. You know, you might look at them initially and say, wow, those, that's two beautiful homes. But when the storm comes, it reveals... Uh, which house uh, stands. And the one that it has a solid foundation stands. The one that has a, a foundation that is only as good as the weather around it is the one that collapses. Yeah. That's where America is. Uh, and I write in one of my columns that uh, Christianity was the dominant uh, worldview for uh, centuries, not decades but is losing out to all these competing worldviews if it hadn't already. Yeah, so we were mentioning earlier in the, the studio today, Pastor, and specifically about my generation and some of our younger generations about people, you asked the question, like, do you, we feel like they know they have a worldview? And it was one of those understandings where I feel like a lot of folks are at a place where they understand, yes, things have shaped them, but they don't see it as a worldview. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say to the listener out there that maybe um, finds themselves there or just whatever age finds a place where they're trying to figure out, okay, if worldview is this big of a deal, which we've clearly made that known in the last two podcasts, what would you say to that person that's really okay trying to figure out, well, what is my worldview? How, what lens am I looking at the world through? How did they understand the things around them that's really shaping that? What would you say to them? Well, you got to take a big picture view. And part of the thing, part of the reason that people don't understand their worldview is because um, they're, they're like, uh, they're just carried along by whatever tends to be the dominant view or idea of the culture. And so what they do is they just, uh, get on board to survive, so to speak. All right. 
Uh, and uh, I, we've talked about in this studio, I don't know if we aired this, we talked about uh, how our culture tends to live in the moment. You know, I mean, you're a dad, you're raising kids, you're trying to support your family, and sometimes it is just, I think you use the term, it feels like survival sometimes. Right. And that would be true of many, many people in the culture. So what they don't do is they don't say, but what are the implications of the decisions I make now, the information I pass on to my kids? What are the implications of those down the road when they're adults? And we don't think that way. We just think about uh, uh, come along to get along. You know, I'm just yep. going to one day to the next. and just So you've got to begin looking at a big picture. I think if you look at a big picture and say, what are the implications of my choices right now? What are the implications of my convictions right now? If my convictions are carried out, what will that mean for my children and whatever part of influence I can have in the culture down the road? If everybody thinks like I think, what will that look like 10, 15, 20 years down the road? The reason our, our culture is in trouble, and all who are honest will tell you it's in trouble. Yeah. The reason that it is in trouble is because we didn't take a long picture look 30, 40, 50 years ago. I, that doesn't mean everybody. Right. But as a culture at whole, uh, on the whole, we didn't say, okay, uh, for example, we took prayer out of public school. Right. We didn't say, what implication will this have on future generations? Uh, and then you take and you do remove something else or you do something else that are decisions which go against the basic framework upon which you're culture or your nation was built upon yeah. you, you don't even have to like them right but don't deny them right. and ignore them and so you make decisions down here that chip away yeah. just a little bit and you say well it's just a little thing and i still pray and you know a, a pledge of allegiance all those kinds of things i'm using that as an example you you keep pulling it's like pulling stones out of a uh, out of a building yeah and you say, well, it's just one. It's just one brick. You know, it's just one brick. Right. But you pull one brick out. Then you pull. Another. I don't know if you've ever played that game Jenga. Isn't that what it is? Where yeah. you stack yeah. those uh, those blocks and yeah. you have to pull them out and you yeah. have to be strategic. You know. Right. But sooner or later, it's coming down. Yeah. <laughs> sooner or later, there's one stick yeah. too one, far. One wrong pull. Yeah. And there they come. Well. We need to think like when you start removing things that are um, formative to how a nation started, you remove them one at a time, one at a time. It doesn't feel like anything at first. Yeah. But then down the road, you say, if we keep pulling these bricks out, what will, what will culture look like? What will our nation look like? What will be ahead for my kids or my grandkids? And then if you start thinking like that, you think, so how do my current beliefs, what do they look like if they are continually uh, affirmed and passed on to my kids and their kids? What will that look like 20 years down the road? Yeah. And so that's part of the way that you, you've got to, first of all, answer the question, what does my 
What is my own worldview? What is it based on? Yeah. Uh, so what do I make my convictions based on? What what determines that? What my values, my choices, and um, I think those are the kind of the big things. You know, when you think about that illustration that you shared about the the homes, the two different homes built on the uh, one on the sand and one on that the rock, the firm foundation. You know, I think what's easy as parents today, and I see this in my own life, it's it's easier to not build the firm foundation. It's easier just because of life in general, just to survive, just to get mm-hmm. through, just to get the kids up, just to get them to bed, just to make sure you got what you need at home. Um, and it's a lot more work um, to stop and have these conversations, but um, it's something that's important to realize the magnitude and that it's worthwhile taking time just like it is on a house. It takes a lot more time to build that firm foundation than it would be um, the opposite. And so let's wrap up today with this. And and next week uh, in our podcast, coming from your second column, we'll talk more about this understanding of critical thinking and the importance of that and what that shapes. But talk back for a second, because you bring up prayer in schools and, and things like that. What is another area that has greatly influenced the biblical worldview being kind of blurred a little bit. Speak to some of that just to help our listeners understand some key areas to be focused on when it comes to what they believe in that area and why. Well, I think one of the huge ones we talked about a little bit in the studio before we began recording is uh, origins or creationism versus evolution. And I don't think uh, this is one of the things that tragically, dramatically affects a worldview. Um, and people may listening may say, how in the world does that affect a, a world? It has all to listen. If you don't get this right, your worldview will be wrong. Biblically speaking, because if you don't start with a creator, then, and you are just simply, you have evolved, you know, you, um, you came out of a prehistoric protoplasmic soup that got started struck by lightning and that's how you've then that means you're a product of chance you're not a product of design or purpose so if you're a product of chance as evolution teaches then you got here by luck there wasn't a higher power a creator a god who created you and designed you with purpose you're just here by luck and if we if we're here by luck then guess what it and there's no creator then uh, who sets the rules? Yeah. So everybody does what's right in their own eyes because they say, well, my rules are as good as your rules. And if it is really about survival of the fittest or the smartest or whatever you might want to say, then, and, and so these are my rules. And yeah. who are you to tell me what, what I can and can't do or should or shouldn't do? So I believe that's a huge one. I've heard Christians say, well, I'm a, a, uh, a, a, an evolutionary theist, which, may, which is absurd. It means I believe in God and I believe in evolution, right. but I believe God created uh, the evolutionary process, which is inconsistent with the Scripture. Right. So God set evolution in motion, and then what did he do? Just kind of back off and let it do its thing? Uh, and we call it theistic evolution, all right? But what it still does is it lets man kind of move to his own destiny. 
And, and so these are dangerous concepts uh, that shape our current worldview. You think about this. You never hear, you never hear the scientific community, which I have respect for, but I don't just swallow anything the scientific community says because they say we're scientists. Um, and um, it, it's interesting. You never hear them uh, talking about um, a kind of, of uh, evolution that involves a creator. You never hear them talking any longer about evolution as a theory. They now just talk about it like it's fact. Right. And here's about the scientific method that we learned coming up through school. The irony of evolution is if you want to determine um, if, if a matter is a theory or a fact, there are five protocols that you or principles that have to be true. But ironically, today scientists completely ignore their very own um, laws that t- take something that begins as a theory and is affirmed as a fact. They just now evolution is a fact. There's no other option uh, for a person. So this is a huge area yeah. uh, because if you don't get this right, look, everything else is is open to your interpretation of what right and wrong is. But if there is a creator, then he gets to set the rules. Yeah. And Now, I should also say, I want to be careful, not all scientists are there. I have some remarkable books in my library by secular scientists who um, who. Uh, affirm um, a creator. There has to be a creator. There has to be design to the universe. The, the chances of this universe just evolving uh, are uh, infinitesimally small. Yeah. And so there are some, there are a number, I should say, not just some, uh, who, who say even though they may not be Christians, they say, you know, evolution is a theory and it is a fact and in fact, uh, the probabilities of a creator are far higher than the probabilities of evolution. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time there, but that's kind of one of those first areas that if you don't get, everything else will be off center. Yeah. And getting to that place brings us to the understanding of this, of what you really write about in the second column of critical thinking. And that's what we want to kind of move to on our next podcast, right. a, a statement that you make. Critical thinking has become a lost art in our culture. And so we'll plan to do that, um, in our next podcast. And so pastor, again, just for today, as we think more about worldview and, uh, the implications of it, uh, wrap us up with the last thought and we'll be done. Well, I think I said it in the last podcast, I say it again, uh, don't blow off this whole concept of worldview. You have one, whether or not you've identified it, but I would urge you in the strongest terms to think through what has shaped your worldview. And then what should shape your worldview? Uh, If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, um, there's only one option, and that is a biblical worldview. And I believe God has given us his word to help shape our lives and to shape how we respond to circumstances, um, help us make our choices to see all of those things. So I would urge you to identify what has shaped the way you see your world. And then answer the question, uh, are the things that have shaped my world or the things that are shaping my world, are they the things that should be shaping my world? Yeah. 
It's been a fun day in the studio. Yes. Pastor, thank you for these words, and thank you all for listening. And encourage you, as always, to uh, leave us a review, a comment, uh, share uh, the podcast, and subscribe as well. And uh, reach out to us if there's any uh, questions you have. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.